Hi, welcome to Life Take Shape. I'm Denise Mullane. And I'm Trisha Beckham. Join us as we discuss what has shaped our lives so you can get your life in shape. Welcome to Life Takes Shape. I'm Trisha Beckham. My guest today is Jennifer, help me say your last name, Funicelli? Funicello. Funicello. Like lemoncello. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I can say all the different types of alcohol. I'm very impressive (laughs) that way. So this is how I met Jennifer, and it's kind of a funny story, but I was at the gym, and I was on a treadmill, and one of my other friends, who also works out there, uh, was having a hard day, and I said, call me later, we'll get wine, and Jennifer, being the awesome person she is, she said, well, I want to come over and get wine, and I thought, oh my gosh, we should be friends, because she and I think exactly alike. (laughs) So that's how we met. And then we just have kind of uh, had some similar circumstances in our life. So it's actually been fun. And she just joined my golf league on Monday, which was great to have another girl golfer. So that was fun. You had a good time. I did have a good time. It was very low stress. And since I suck at golf, I was really, <laughs> I was really glad that nobody cared. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. And we all suck at golf. So it's a, yeah. it's a great place to go and shoot around you know, golf. I was, I was just glad because F-bombs were flying and I felt like I had found my people for golf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, are these going to be hoity-toity people? And then you realize, no, they are not. No. Yeah, go- golf is a very upsetting game. So you have to play with people that get upset. Otherwise, you're like, oh, well, if nobody cares, I mean, we don't care that we win. We just care when we're shanking it to the left or the right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So. Tell us, where did you grow up? I think, aren't, aren't you an Arizona native? I, well, when I was a kid, I grew up outside Philly yeah, in Pennsylvania, but most of my life I've been here. So basically I'm a native. And where'd you go to high school? I went to high school at Corona, Corona del Sol, Aztecs. Ooh, go Aztecs. Yeah. Well, that is very cool. And so uh, senior year, what are you thinking? Oh, senior year. What was I thinking? Well, I knew I knew I was going to ASU, so that's where I went. Okay. Um, and my degree there was in dance education. Really? So, like, you were going to be a dance instructor, like ballet, modern dance? What kind of dance? Um, ASU is mainly modern, which was not really my thing. But um, I, my focus was to teach eventually. And that's what I ended up doing right after I graduated, went to go student teach over at McClintock High School. And then life kind of led a different way and ended up not doing that, ended up going to the airlines instead. And I thought, I'll just do the airline thing for a year and teaching will always be there for me. But now, 27 years later, (laughs) I'm still at the airline. I know. Well, what now what made you want to even go into working for an airline? Teaching Um, just was so, you were just like, I can't do this. I don't like this. It's dumb. No, it wasn't even that. I enjoyed teaching dance and I liked, if I was going to teach anything, dance would have been it because every year it changes. It's not like math that you're teaching the same thing year after year after year. And I could see that being very monotonous. I think dance, it changed every year. So I thought I liked that about it. But the guy I was dating at the time who I eventually ended up marrying was training for the Olympics for wrestling and he was traveling all around the world. And I wanted to travel all around the world with him. 
So wow. like, well, if I go get this job, I can travel for free and he can travel for free and then I can see him do all his stuff. So that's what got me started. And then, you know, you get kind of addicted to that lifestyle. Sure. So, yeah, so it's stuck. So like initially the, what was the coolest place you went to when you were young and you guys just got together and like your opportunities to go to blank and it was just beyond your wildest dreams. Um, well, we did our honeymoon in Costa Rica, but his wrestling took us a lot of different places. Like we went weird places for wrestling that I would have never gone before, like, um, Albania and Turkey and the country of Georgia and weird places like that, that I would have would have never gone and probably won't go again, but it was a cool experience doing them. It wasn't your typical vacationing kind of spots. Wow. So cool. You saw yeah, a lot. So how, I mean, how old were you when you were going to all these places in your twenties? Yeah. In my twenties. Gosh, most people are like dreaming that they can get to all those places. Yeah. And so just crossing off the bucket list with places to go. It's like, I, I, I don't really want to ever go back to the same place just because I have so many places I haven't been that I want to see all of them. Yeah. I, I so agree with that. Even trying to come up with a place to go for my 50th, it's like, well, I don't want to go somewhere that I've been before. But at the same time, you know, it's like other people are coming with me and I don't want them to have to go too far. But I am with you. It's like, don't ever go to the same place twice if you don't have to. Right. So, all right. So you're at the airline and uh, did you guys end up getting married? You said you ended up marrying him. So how long were you guys traipsing across the country and did he we get into the Olympics? What's that? Did he get into the Olympics? He was an alternate four times, but he never made it to the Olympics. Wow. Pretty much I was flying and he was training and he had a gym and he was doing his thing and we were flying around all over the place. That's crazy. Busy. Yep. Yep. And so then you got married what year? We got married in 90s. Six, and we were married for 18 years, but we waited to have kids because we were traveling all over the place. So we just kept putting it off and everyone's like, are you guys having kids or what? You know, it's, it's always the <laughs> question. First, everyone wants to know when you're getting married, when you're getting married, the pressures to get married. And then you get married and they're like, when are you having a kid? When are you having a kid? So finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm almost 40. We, if we're doing this, we better hurry up. So I had my kids late. I had them when I was 38 and 39. So we waited a long time. Are you glad that you waited? In some respects, yeah. Um, I don't know because I don't know any different. But, I mean, I'm a lot more tired now. And my kids are always like, you're way older than the rest of the parents. <laughs> but, you know, stuff like that. But I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I know. It is. It's, it's, it's a tough That's a tough thing. It's like because I had my kids at 26. I had my first son. And that felt really, really young. Right too young, I think. And my second son I had at 29. And so I wish I would have waited till my thirties a little bit, but. um... Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have a better grasp now about what's going on and stuff like that because I am older, but then I start thinking like, how old am I going to be when my kids graduate? How old are my parents going to be when my kids graduate? And that kind of thing. Looking back on that, I wish I'd started a little sooner because it gives me kind of heart palpitations, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. So true. Okay. So you're working for the airline and then when you get pregnant, you still are working for the airline. Like, are you flying when you're pregnant? I guess you are. I did until pretty much up till the end. I mean, I was doing a lot of Hawaii flights then and the crews towards the end were like, look, what are we going to do with you? If you know, you pop this baby out, we're over <laughs> the Pacific Ocean. there's nowhere to divert, but 
Yeah, I did. I worked up through that and then, you know, worked when they were little and stuff and just worked my schedule around, you know, trying to be home a lot. Took a lot of time off that year, but pretty much just been working there full time, worked there through COVID and all that stuff. Just been working there. Yeah. And, and after you experienced COVID, like what was the worst part of that? We thought COVID was the worst, but looking back, it was actually the best year because nobody was on the plane and we weren't serving anybody. So it was like, we were just watching Netflix and getting paid. <laughs> That's perfect. That's a perfect job. Yeah, it was great. And my kids weren't in school, so they just had laptops and everything. So they went on all my trips with me. It was like a year of them getting to see, they went to Hawaii, every island with me. They went to San Francisco with me. They went to Portland, Oregon. They went to a ton of different places. So they got to experience all that too that year. So that was kind of nice. That's amazing. The the worst part was the year after, um, and two, actually two years after when everyone had to wear the masks and we became the mask police. That was horrible. It was a fight every, every flight. Oh, I can't even imagine. And you're just like, look, I I didn't make the rules. I'm just here letting you know, if you want to sit your butt in that seat on this plane, you're going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, we tell people, we don't want to wear this either. It's a six hour flight or a 10 hour flight. We don't want to be wearing masks either. But what are you going to do? We all got to get to where we're going. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, so bizarre. All right. So you make it through COVID. And then how's your uh, how's your marriage lasting through COVID? Because COVID killed mine. (laughs) Well, we were divorced long before COVID. (laughs) Oh, you were long before. Yeah, we've been divorced almost 10 years. So it was yeah, we were divorced before COVID, but you know, COVID. So I wasn't married during COVID. I was single and as a single person, and maybe you can attest to this too, but it really sucked because you're sitting at home. You don't have the option to go meet people for happy hour. We, there wasn't anyone at work really like passengers or other people that you work with that you were meeting. Um, and then like the days I didn't have my kids that they were with their dad, I, you know, you're just sitting at home alone. There was like no one to bounce any ideas off. No one to say, Hey, this sucks. When is this going to end? Like stuff like that. I mean, you could do that a little bit with your friends, but it sucked. And trying to date during COVID and meet people. I mean, I did, I think that's when online dating became real popular because it was your only option, but I did go out and meet people a couple of times and it kind of sucked because nothing was like at a park or whatever. And then you're wearing a mask and it's just, you know, it's just not the same. No, gosh. Yeah. That's, that's brutal. I was still married through COVID. I don't think we got divorced until what year is it? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's 2023. So we got divorced in 2021 in December. So COVID was just that time where you thought, oh, we are very different, different people. Yeah, it was a make it or break it. I think it was a make it or break it. Yeah. And you either uh, handled COVID the same or you handled it different. You know, I was the one that I was like, well, if I can't go to the gym, then I guess I'm going to go outside and hike. And I guess I'm going to go outside and run. And I guess I'm going to try to eat healthier. And, you know, and he was like, let's just sit and watch TV and eat. And I was like, let's not do that. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a challenge. But anyways, you know, there was definitely cracks in the foundation before that. But anyways, so. Yeah. All right. So you're a single mom for 10 years. And I mean, your kids must have been little then because how old's your son right now? My kids are 13 and 14. So yeah, they were, they were little. Three and four. Yep. Wow. So you've been a single mom this whole time. What's been the hardest part of that? Um, I mean, adjusting the schedule a little bit. He, he's not flexible at all. So uh, whatever days I have them, I have them. 
and he doesn't want to switch me or trade me or anything. So as far as adjusting my schedule at work, it doesn't always fit into that mold because I mean, I've been there a long time, but I don't really have a lot of seniority. Um, so sometimes that's a challenge. And now that my kids are older, I would say the biggest challenge is swapping the stuff back and forth. Like I have to think today, okay, my son has baseball tomorrow. I got to get the stuff from his dad tomorrow for his, you know, like thinking ahead of what needs to be where that's the hardest now. Oh, absolutely. And you're like, they're teenagers. They're not like, okay, yeah, I have everything packed and ready to go. It's no, like, not, not happening. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 20 and a 23 year old and they wouldn't even do that. So it's like, it doesn't even matter. Age doesn't matter. They're just kids. And they're just like, what? Yeah, I'm supposed to be an adult, but I can't think that can't think yeah. that far ahead. Right. All right. So you're flying the friendly skies. What airline do you fly for? If you don't mind telling us, you don't have to. For American. For American. And have you always been with American? Well, we started out as America West. Oh, that's right. Then we got bought out, by, or we bought out US Air, and then they bought out American or whatever. It was a merge. So basically, I've been at three airlines, but I've been at the same airline all the time. And how many years have you been doing that? Almost 27. Wow. Yep. So at 30, you get to retire. You're three years away from retirement, right? I wish. <laughs> We don't have retirement, so I can retire whenever I want because I've been there long enough now. You have to, your age and your time of years have to add a certain age, uh, I think 65 or whatever, and you have to be there a certain amount of years. So I could retire if I want, but I don't get anything They if I have to go get another job. So yeah. There's no pension there. You know, they just say, thanks for your help and boot out the door. Yeah. They probably give you like a pin or something like of airline wings with maybe. Yeah. I mean, you, get, you get flight benefits. Yeah. And maybe something when you leave. A little token of appreciation, but <laughs> so I'm going to stick around because my kids can fly free till they're 24 and I don't have a sugar daddy yet. So I got to keep working. Yeah. Same, same problem over here. <laughs> so, uh, tell us the worst flight you were ever on. Oh, well, and I wish I had written all these down too. Like you don't think about it at the time. You're like, Oh, for sure. I'll remember, but then you don't. But yeah. I can tell you one of the weird ones, um, we were flying back from Hawaii one night and it's a red eye home. So everyone's asleep. And about halfway through the guys up front, the pilots go, Hey, um, is there a guy sitting back there with a cast on his leg? So I'm like, yeah, he's sitting right bulkhead. He's got his legs, you know, out in the aisle. They go, well, we didn't want to tell you beforehand, but now that we're past the halfway point, we got to keep continuing to Phoenix. We're going to have the flight met, you know, by um, officials. They're going to be coming on and to arrest this guy. And we're like, okay, well, what did he do? Well, he murdered somebody and he flew, out, bought a ticket to Hawaii to get out of the, fled the scene. And then like a dumbass was coming back to Phoenix. <laughs> so here we have this criminal on here. That's going to be, you know, that the police are coming to get. So the rest of the flight, we're just kind of watching this guy or whatever. So as soon as we land, he knows, he knows that they're going to be meeting the plane. He's got to know. Yeah. So he goes in the bathroom. Everyone's deplaned. He's in the bathroom. The cops are like, where's the guy? And I said, he's in the bathroom. I think he thought he was going to do like a catch me if you can, you know, like undo the toilet and sneak out because he was in there. There's nowhere he's going, you know, he's... <laughs> So they finally banged down the door and grabbed him. They threw him in the jetway, pulled his pants down. When we all left, he was just standing there butt naked in the jetway and they were arresting him. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. <laughs> Never a dull moment. 
And how about the good old mile high club? So have you ever caught anybody doing that? Is this an actual thing that happens and people try to get away with and do they get away with it? It is an actual thing that happens. And I would say it happens more on the red eyes and that kind of thing. Like just like a short flight to somewhere, it's not going to happen, but on the red eyes where there's more time and no one's watching. Yeah. And you know what? It used to happen more. So like back in the day, like at the beginning of when I started, I haven't really caught anyone in years, so maybe it's happening and I'm just not catching them or caring anymore, but um, <laughs> it seems like it was more prevalent years ago. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Now everybody's like, I'm just tired. I'm just going to sit here. It's not that. It's a small, tiny little bathroom. How do people even do oh, it? I don't know. It's so gross to even be in there, to be in there where you're supposed to be in there for. But right. Yeah. I don't understand the attraction with that, but... Whatever. I don't either. Whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. That is funny. All right. So at some point you decided that you were going to do something out of the ordinary. And so talk a little bit about that. About the book? Yep. So, well, being single that long, I dated one guy for almost four years, kind of in the middle of you know, being single. And then around that dated a whole bunch of other crazies. And so as I'm dating and, you know, it's like dating again, what do you do after you're married forever and you get back into the dating scene? It's not the same as it was 20 years ago. And so my stories and just all the other flight attendants, you know, we call it jump seat talk, you know, we're on the jump seat and everyone's like, oh my God, you're not going to believe this date I went on. And hearing everyone's stories, I was like, I have to write this. I'm not a writer. I wasn't a writer. I just kept compiling all these stories. And eventually I'm like, okay, I have enough. I felt like it was going to be, you know, cathartic to get it out there and just tell everybody about all this. Cause some stuff happens and you're like, there's no way that happened. And you're like, mm -hmm, but it did. So I wrote, so I wrote the book and that was about four years ago. Uh, it's so funny. Now, was it hard to write a book? I mean, did it just come together super easily or was it really challenging? It kind of sucked. Like it wasn't on my bucket <laughs> list to write a book. And now I know why it wasn't on my book. Okay, well, everyone's bucket list, you know, usually it's something hard. It's not something easy. It's something out of the box or something you're not comfortable with or, you know, some kind of challenge. But I threw it on the bucket list so I could mark it off. Yeah. Um, why not? It, the stories were easy. The stories came to me really easily. And when people read it, they just, the word they kept using over and over was, it's raw. It's raw. So yeah. I guess I just wrote it like it was. But the, the part that sucked to me was the putting together of it. Um, like, what order is it going to go in? What sense is this going to make? What are the chapters about? What is the point of the book? And then going through the actual process of having it published was also just a huge headache. And so that part I didn't like at all. Um so that's why I was like, yeah, I'm not going to write another one just be because of that. But there's still been so much stupid stuff in the last four years. I have to now. So, <laughs> well, so now yeah, because and the first book is called it's called Faking the O and the it's not your actual name. What is the pen name you use? Jenna Lee. So it's my first and middle name. Got it. And it's available on Amazon. If people I bought it. Mm -hmm. And so you wrote that pre COVID. Yeah, so I have a lot of good COVID stories. Yeah. And <laughs> that has to go in book stories. two. Yeah. And when is book two coming out? You're still working on it, right? I'm still working on it. It's the title's a work in progress at the moment. Um, but I'm hoping 
I'm waiting for the happy ending. So once all the stories are written, then I'm just going to kind of wait. I wasn't in a rush. Like I wasn't really the first time, but the first time I wanted it out by a certain date, I had a goal in mind and wanted it done before then. I don't really have that this time. I'm going to have all the stories written and done. And then when I feel like it, you know, I've got a good ending for it, then I'll, then I'll do it. It'll probably be sometime in the year, sometime this year. Well, that is a huge feat. I mean, two books and that's, that's wild, especially as a single working mother. Yeah, it's busy for sure. Wow. Very crazy. Um, do you write while you're flying? Is that even a possibility? I don't. I don't I don't like to bring a laptop with me, so I just do it when I'm home. I like, for some reason, a ho- big, chunky home computer. <laughs> I don't know why. So yeah. I, mean, I do put a lot of stuff on my phone. If I think of something or something comes to me or someone says something, I've got lots of notes in my phone, but then I transfer them when I get home. Got it. That's so funny. So, okay. What's your favorite story from book one? Like if I, if I had this book and I said, what should be the first thing I read? Is it the first chapter or do you think like the best stories in chapter three or four? Oh gosh. I got to think back to book one now because I'm in the middle of writing two. Um, or you could tell us your favorite story out of both of the books if, or even one that you're working on now. Well, there were a couple I forgot to put in the first one. And as soon as they were done, <laughs> of course, you're like, I had shoot, to put them in, but my, my favorite one is I met a guy on an overnight in Hawaii. We were at the bar, the crew went out and I, the guy across the bar was cute. I kept saying to my crew, you know, he looks really cute. And they're like, well, go say something to him. And I'm like, well, let me have a couple drinks and then I will. So I had a couple drinks and then I went up to him and he was a local guy. He lived, I mean, he lived there. Um, so he wasn't a tourist or anything, but he lived there. So our crew got talking to him and his friends. And so we kind of hung out for the night and he asked me if he could take me out to lunch the next day. So I said, sure. So he comes to pick me up for lunch the next day. Lunch was fine, you know, and I'm like, this is great. Now I have somebody when I come back to the island that I can go out with. This is great. You know, can do my thing at home and not be bothered and all this stuff. So I was thinking this was great. Well, when he went to go drop me back off, he's, we're sitting in the car and he goes, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, can I sniff your pits? And I'm like, can you do what? And I don't know what I said. I said something jokingly and he goes, no, I'm serious. He goes, I need to find out if our pheromones match up. Oh, you, can't, so, you can't make this stuff up. I know. So I was like. I don't even know what I said, but I got out of the car. And so I, that night, you know, my crew's like, how did it go? How did the lunch go? I go, oh my God, this guy asked to sniff my pit. <laughs> and, and the guy goes, that's a thing. The guy flight attendant goes, that's a thing. And I said, that is he not did a thing. not. Yeah. He said it was, it was a thing. And I said, well, it's not my thing. So it's not I, my thing. <laughs> not my thing. Do you change their names or do you just not identify their names? Or oh do you yeah. Just use- their names. They all get nicknames. Oh, that's funny. And how do you pick their nicknames? Do you just take, do you stick with the first letter and then just change the name? No, it, like can't, that his chapter will be like the pit sniffer. That's just going to be called pit sniffer. <laughs> you know, I got, I got a, one, his name's the meat man. I got, you know, there's, we had, and it's so funny because I said to my friend one day, how do you know when the guy is the one, how do you know when you meet someone that he's the one? She goes, you don't give him a nickname. That's when you know. Oh, <laughs> all my guys, I have like, I have like bedazzled and date number five and, you know, just different names for people. And so I guess when I find a guy and don't nickname him, he's, he's the guy. 
That is so funny. So funny. That's a good one, though, when he doesn't have a nickname because he's not weird enough to earn a nickname. <laughs> you know you found the guy. Yep. That's just too funny. Well, I like it. I like that uh, philosophy. Yeah. So how many chapters have you written of book two? Um, I, I don't know because they're not really in order yet, but I've probably written about a third of the book, I would say. Wow. That's pretty yeah. good. That's kind yeah. of exciting. It is. I'll be glad when it's done because I feel like I, once I get all that off my chest, it'll be like, I don't know. But I also don't want it to come out yet because there's so many more stories that keep happening. I don't really want to write a third one. So I want to cram everything into the second one. You're like, I will just wait. Yep. Until so, all the stories are done. There's got to be a stopping point, right? There's got to be. There's got to be a point where the nonsense ends. I, yeah, I wish that for you. There's got to be a point where the shit show is over. I don't know. <laughs> that's too funny all right so let's talk about kickball because I think this is pretty cool I started a bunco group in my neighborhood because I was sick of not um hanging out with ladies and uh but you started a kickball team so talk a little bit about that why'd you do that why kickball I think it's the funniest thing I was like who's playing kickball as an adult so talk a little bit about that I we started last season. This is our second season doing it. And basically I, I figured I needed to change different things up in my life. Like I needed to start mingling with different people because I was doing the same thing. I'm going to the gym at the same days at the same time. I'm working the same flights every week. I'm doing, you know, the same routine and I'm not meeting new people that way. So I'm like, I got to switch things up. So I switched up my schedule at work. I switched up when I started going to the gym, I switched up, I'm like, let's start kickball because now I get to meet a whole different group of people on Friday nights. And my goal was, you know, to get our group going and then to mingle with other groups. And then afterwards you could go to happy hour, you know, that kind of thing. So that was the intention. The problem is our team sucks so bad because we've never played. We haven't played for, you know, since you were 12, right? Our whole team hasn't played since we were in grade school and the other teams are super serious. So they're like serious kickballers. That is... It's so funny. And so somebody's the pitcher and you go up there and you've got the big round, like red balls from third grade. Yeah. Same ones. And you're just rolling it up and then you're kicking and then you're running around the bases. It's just like softball. Yes. With your foot. It's just like softball, but with your feet, except the problem now is like pretty much everyone's getting injured because no, we can't run anymore. We can't dive. We can't do anything. It's like a bunch of 50 year olds playing kickball. It's ridiculous. But you do get to drink, and that's how it's different. <laughs> yeah, we, that's what we say. We say our drinking team has a kickball problem. That is pretty probably accurate. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it was sober kickball, I don't know. Um, I don't know if um, just saying we're going to play kickball and there's no drinking if anybody would show up. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> no one's that dedicated to kickball. Oh, that is so true. So funny. All right. Well, let's see. What else should we talk about? I'm trying to think. I think we've covered it. I like this changing your schedule, though. I think that's really sound advice because I don't think that a lot of people do that because we do. I'm such a creature of habit. And I'm thinking, gosh, that's kind of a genius, especially if you want to meet, you know, somebody romantically um, to see, you know, okay, well, this might work out. But if you're going to the same place, because you and I work at the same gym, and there's the same people there at the same time, the same guys. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit frustrating when you're like, there's nobody here. And I'm going to show up again tomorrow at the same time. And then the next day, and it's like, there's nobody here for you. Right. And that's why I mean, well, that's how I met you. I started going at a different time. And so you start seeing different people and stuff like that. 
but also just joining golf. That's why I'm like, I'm going to join golf because even though, you know, I'm, we might have our foursome, but it might be some guy that says, Hey, I want you to meet my brother. I got a friend that would be perfect for you or, or whatever, you know, just getting into different groups. And so I'm going to continue that this summer by doing paddle boarding. We're going to do a, um, we're going to do a happy hour paddle like one Friday a month. And yeah. I've always wanted out. to do that. It's with um, Heather of no snow. Right. Genius. And where do they start on the river? They paddle up from, they, I think they start at Fondy Sutton. Um, but I don't know. I, I just saw her post. I guess the water's crazy right now at, at the river, but, um, I think it depends on the flow of the river where they start. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so I thought that's, you know, something different I'll do, you know, last year too, my, my bucket list last year was the being a physique show. Cause I turned 50 and I was like, that's what I'm going to do this year. And I started going to a, a gym where that's what they train for. I mean, I went to our gym. On yeah. the days I wasn't training with them, but I thought, well, I'm going to go to that gym because then I'll meet different people that have the same interest and that kind of stuff over there. And, you know, maybe that'll turn into different friendships and stuff like that. So I don't know. I've just been trying to just switch things up. That's great, though. It's so important to do. And I think it's uh, something that people don't do. And they're worried or they're wondering, why don't I meet people? Why don't I have any friends? Why don't I, you know. Uh, it's, it's a challenge to be this, this age and trying to be making friends, but a lot of people don't, you know, they sit at home by themselves and I don't know, crying their beer. And it's like, no, this is the time to be going out. I started a um, Facebook group for women and we, I'm terrible at it, but I try to just plan like an event once a week and you've, you've gone to what, one or two, maybe you've only gone to one. Yeah. When we went to, where'd we go? Which we'll call it. Yeah. Um, the, divine. the monastery. Oh, monastery. Yeah. You and I went to divine, but then you came to one of the events at the monastery. But like, I try to do that. And it's, I mean, it's hard. It's hard when you're so busy. You're incredibly busy. I'm incredibly busy, but it's like, if you don't make time to do that, like, what are you doing? And to right. be honest, I have I more fun know. hanging out with women than men sometimes. <laughs> oh, I know. Yep. We started a group last year too, or, or during COVID actually for um, fantasy football. So we have a girls fantasy football group and everyone's like, do you guys actually talk about football on Monday nights? We're like, no, we complain about guys. What do we do? <laughs> we but complain about guys and watch Monday night football. Yeah, that's what we do. And it, it, but that's like, again, you know, group of 10 girls that just go out and, you know, excuse to go out and get together and hang out. That's awesome. So fun. So fun. That's very cool. Well, good for you. I think that's great. I'm excited to read your second book. I think that's going to be uh, good. I haven't gotten through the first one yet because I've been so busy, but my plan is to read the first one. And so then I'll have uh, all the history. So when I read the second one, it's going to be <laughs> just more fun facts about the the crazy dating world that we live in. It's horrible. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, maybe we should do this last thing. So here you go. You need to have, what are your top five must-haves? For your happy ending. I assume when you say happy ending, you don't mean a massage with a happy ending. You mean <laughs> you mean that you're looking for your happily ever after male companion. Right. What's the top five? Like if I said, what does he have to have? Because I'll give you my top five. You want me to go first? Sure. Okay. He cannot be bald. Okay. He can be balding, but he can't be bald. Like if his head is shaved, that's a hard no. Uh, I don't what like, what if he's got the comb over? Can he have a comb over? God, no, I can't. No, <laughs> I, I won't even say hello. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of tattoos. So if you have a tiny tattoo and it's hidden, that's fine. But if you have a sleeve, it's a hard no. 
uh, my ex-husband is, is working on a sleeve and he has been for the last three years. And it just, every time I see him, I'm like, Oh my God, I hate tattoos. <laughs> so there's two, um, three, they have to work out. Like they don't have to be obsessive. Like I don't want a guy who says, you're going to eat that cheeseburger. Cause I want to eat a cheeseburger occasionally, but I also don't want a guy who's like, let's have three cheeseburgers and drink a 12 pack of beer and uh, sit here and watch TV. Like I can't do that. How many is no. that so far? Is that three? Yeah. One, two, three. Um, maybe that's it Four. they have to have some kind of financial knowledge. Like they can't be renting a house and thinking like, this is a good investment or, right. Um, somebody I know just bought a Porsche and they still have a mortgage and that's confusing to me because it's right. like, what, if your mortgage was paid off, go buy the Porsche, but you have a mortgage and you just, that's very confusing to me. So I never understand that kind of stuff. So you don't have to be rich, but like have a financial head on your shoulders, please. Yeah. And then I don't, you know, I think that, but, but also maybe just being active. So not necessarily working out. Cause that's about being like physically fit, but right. like, you don't even necessarily have to go to the gym or that sort of thing, but I would like to go hiking every once in a while. And I don't want to do the same thing. So like, I hope they have like you do a variety of activities that they enjoy. You know, there's always right. like somebody that goes like, all I do is play golf. And you're like, that's it. Yep. Every weekend I play golf. And I think I love golf. It's fun. I don't want to do it every single weekend. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll do it a couple times a month, but also if I always played golf, I'd get really sick of it. So it's like, I want to go hiking and I want to go, you know, maybe ride horses and let's go here and let's travel and let's do this and let's do that. So there's my top five. Okay. What do you think? What do you think yours are? Well, my top one is I can't do facial hair. So facial hair is out. Visualize number one, sense of humor for sure. Number two. Oh, I should have put that on my list. Yeah. You got to make me laugh. Like I've gone out with a bunch of guys that were like uh, doctors, attorneys, stuff like that, but they're not funny. They're boring. Ugh. You know, they, they have a head on the shoulders. They have a good job and stuff, but they're not funny and they don't get jokes. And it's like, if you can't be sarcastic, forget it, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. So sense of humor for sure is number two. Um, looks to me is a big thing. Like you were saying, being in shape, taking care of yourself, because most of the guys, like if you go on a dating app, they're bald head, big facial hair and a big belly. And it's like, what happened? Like you, you turn 40 or you turn 50 and you just didn't give a shit anymore. Or you got divorced and you just don't care. It's like, you know, I try to keep myself in shape. I try to, that's important to me. So I want that to be important to somebody else. Agreed. Um, and and I, I don't think that makes us selfish or shallow, but I get people all the time, like your standards are too high. And I always think to myself, what, what does that mean? Those yeah. are my standards. They're not too high. That's what I'm looking for. No, you know, and I'm not going to, yeah, I agree. I think when you, when you start to settle, then you're just going to have problems down the road. So you can't <laughs> start low. You got to start a little higher than you're looking for. Oh, it's so funny. So funny. All right. Number three. Um, that's three. So facial hair, sense of humor. Oh, did I already say that? Oh, and look, you know, like looks good shape, you know, taking care of themselves. That would be number three. Yeah. Um, number four would be likes to travel. 
Yeah. Just because, you know, I have the benefits for someone to be on to travel with me. And I would like someone to go on my overnights and be able to go like next month. I'm going to Hawaii and Curacao and Santa Barbara. And it would be nice to bring someone with me on those overnights. Well, I am available. So I (laughs) just kidding. Just kidding. I'm going hiking this weekend. You should have gone to India. God, don't remind (laughs) me. It's like India or the Grand Canyon. And I'm like, I guess I'll go to the Grand Canyon. Stupid. (laughs) All right. So what are we on? Four? Cast of Travels, four. So what's the, you're like me, like by number five, you're like, I only have four requirements. Good for me. It's not even that hard. It's not hard. Come on, guys. You only have to have four things here. Shit. Um, Number five would be the same as you said, like we're at the age now where people are retiring. They got to have some kind of plan. Like they can't just be, I went on a date with this guy. He said he was an investor, investor in Bitcoin. So I was like, oh, I'll go out with him. Right. So I go and meet this guy. He's not an investor in Bitcoin. He bought a Bitcoin, a share of Bitcoin. (laughs) He had one. And then the other, what he did the rest of the time was drove an Uber. Oh, you know, it's fine. It's fine to be an Uber driver as an extra job or when you're 20 and or whatever. (laughs) But he wasn't. He was 55. And I'm like, how is this guy going to retire in 10 years with one with one Bitcoin? Yeah. Like, if I go out with this guy and we get married, I'm going to be a greeter at Walmart when I'm 75. (laughs) I don't want that. That's not part of my 10 year plan at this point. Right. So I'm like, I'm here looking, you know, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I want to travel and then I want to be able to retire and continue to travel with someone. So it's got to be someone that also has some sort of game plan and agree you know factored in agreed i agree well that's good at least we both know what we want <laughs> it's just a matter right. of finding it for now God's it's just sake. finding them <laughs> oh well what are you gonna do well thank you so much i've been looking for the last guest of season two for months i think we took like a six month hiatus so i am so grateful first of all that you spoke up and said you wanted to come to my house and drink wine which you still haven't done but we're gonna have to do that um yes we'll do that for your birthday that's a great yeah did I give you an invitation I need to give you an invitation to my party um but anyways I'm just so glad we met and I'm glad we've been hanging out and I'm really excited that you're playing golf because we need more girls on the golf course so thanks for coming out and uh all the guys were like she's super hot Trisha thanks I'm like you're welcome (laughs) I go I care about you guys so I'm just here to bring my hot friends and they're like okay keep them coming that's funny (laughs) all right well I know you are a busy mom so I will let you go but thanks again it was great talking to you and good luck with that second book thanks and have a good uh, hike this weekend thanks so much Jennifer I'll talk to you next week and I hope India hope India works out I do too I'll have a good time yeah you will I can't wait to see pictures all righty talk to you later thanks again see ya Bye. bye Thanks for listening to our latest episode of Life Takes Shape. Please visit us on Facebook at Life Takes Shape Podcast. We also would love it if you would leave a review either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks so much.